You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Dieter Bone from The Verge, and I'm breaking into your podcast for just a minute to ask you a pretty simple question. Have you ever read or watched a tech review and thought, Ugh, this is just not for me. It's way too nerdy, and it's made by some super fan who just wants to talk about how many pixels there are on the screen, when really all you want to know is, is it any good, and how do you actually use the darn thing? Well, good news, we've just launched Verge Guidebook. It's the next generation of our tech reviews program. With Guidebook, we're going to tell you what to buy, what's not worth your money, and most importantly, how to actually use it. You can head it over to theverge.com slash reviews, and you're going to find our editor's picks, the very best gadgets in every category, from smartphones to laptops to crazy stuff like smart light bulbs, and a ton of how-to guides are going to walk you through all of it. That's theverge.com slash reviews. We've got incredibly good videos, some really engaging writing, and of course, those very useful guides. Hi, welcome back to the Limited Upside Podcast. This is our NBA Summer Preview Edition. This is a series we do every summer. I think you guys really enjoyed the last year, so we're doing it again. We go from worst to first. We did the Nets. This is the Lakers. Uh, Lakers actually the third worst record, but we decided to do them number two because they picked number two overall last year. And we're going to have the Phoenix Suns coming up next. But for this Lakers preview podcast, we had the Locked On Lakers duo. Also from Silver Screen and Roll, the SB Nation community. That's Anthony Irwin and Harrison Fagan. And then I was also joined by Zito Madu in studio. Zito's a Super Lakers fan as well. It was a hilarious conversation. We hit on all the things that happened last year that brought us to this past offseason that we're currently in, actually, into the season that we're going to be talking about, that we previewed, which uh, should be exciting. And this is a different, uh, a different chapter in Lakers history, a, a franchise that's had a lot of great chapters coming out of kind of a bad one. But ultimately, it seemed like a pretty positive conversation. I think everyone's really going to enjoy hearing us joke around about the banana boat situation, if we had to create our dream Lakers banana boat, as well as a few different things. And yes, LeVar Ball did come up, but I promise it's not in a serious manner, and we do bash him a little bit. So with that in mind, everyone, before you listen to this, please subscribe, rate, review, all those good things we always ask about. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on SBNation.com backslash MBA. We always love getting these questions and comments too. You can hit us up on Twitter. That's at limited underscore upside at EpiBen and at Mike Prada SBN. Mike didn't make this podcast today. He's working for SB Nation MBA. They're doing planning and all kinds of big stuff here. So it's just me with these guys. Uh, and we had a lot of fun. I think it's uh, one of the lighter hearted previews that we're going to have, but that's ultimately because Anthony and, and Harrison and Zito, they like to joke around, but they know they're Lakers. So sit back and enjoy this edition of the Limited Upside Podcast. Welcome back to the Limited Upside Podcast. We're doing our season previews for worst-to-first NBA teams. Now, this is a little bit different because this actually isn't the team who finished with the second-to-worst record last year. They finished with the third-to-worst record. That's the Lakers. We just did the Nets. Coming up will be the Suns and the Sixers and all those teams. But for this, uh, for this Lakers preview podcast, we're welcoming on three of the, I don't know, most near and dear friends to the pod. We have Zito. Madu in studio with me. And then actually on the phone, we have our silver screen and roll fandom friends, whatever you would call them. I don't know. They're, they're pretty <laughs> funny guys. They work well together. 
Uh, they have their own podcast, which you guys can can check out. Um, what's that? What's that podcast called, guys? Locked on Lakers. Is that what that is? <laughs> Anyhow, it's Anthony yeah, Irwin. That was it. Thanks for doing your research. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Anthony Irwin and, and Harrison uh, Fagan here, and, and these guys are funny. They've joined us before. Um, they're always passionate about their Lakers, so we figured they'd be the two best guys to have call in for this Lakers preview. So thanks for joining us. I was yeah, going to no, fly out there, but there's a, <laughs> say, say there's, there's, a good ch- there's a good chance, though. Like, I was thinking about flying out there, but yeah. there's a good chance you and I would wind up fighting because <laughs> you're low on Lonzo, and I am the most hated person in Philadelphia. So Yeah, yeah. well, there's a long list of those hated fan- uh, people, I should say, Lakers, <laughs> Passion, Fandom, in Philadelphia. Having said all of that, I don't think we get into a fight, man. I'm not that low on Lonzo. I'm just uh, – well, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get into it. I don't want to be – put in a mm-hmm. corner well you know he's, he's not a big baller, and so yeah. anthony will fight you for his honor <laughs> ben is just not a big baller that's okay yeah, yeah well not yet at least uh, man but all right let's start off with uh with a, with a current mood question so it's been an interesting offseason for the lakers i think it's been one of the more positive off seasons coming out of what i would say has been a, a few down years but ultimately last year you add the coach of the future this past summer you added your general manager and president of the future and then hopefully the superstar of the future and getting rid of also you know another high draft pick from a couple years previously in, in D'Angelo Russell. So I'll start with you, uh, Harrison, then Anthony and, and Zito, please come on the back end of this. But if you were to describe the fan base's current mood, this is the Lakers fan base and you are speaking for them in one word. And I'll give you two words if you desperately need that second word. But in one word, what would that be? So this morning, it would have been something it would have just been angry based on me tweeting about ESPN's projections for the Lakers not making the playoffs again. There are (laughs) apparently people that exist that think they're going to get 41 wins in the eight seed. But before that happened, I had written down for this and I don't need two words. I'm just going to cheat and use a dash space obsessed because (laughs) I think that. Really, everybody in the fan base right now, it's kind of collectively, yes, this season's going to be fun. People are excited about Lonzo. But I think everybody at this point is looking to 2018 because the Lakers are looking to 2018. It's kind of all they talked about this offseason was how you'd think 2018 cap space was a player with how much they talked about it (laughs) during this offseason. And it's clearly their number one priority. And so I think space obsessed with a dash in between them is probably the best current mood to describe the fan base because everybody is having kind of dreams about LeBron and dreams about Paul George and all of these guys that they're going to target next summer. Mm. And we can get to that about a year from now when we do our 2018 Lakers preview, but I appreciate that space obsessed. Previewing uh, the Paul George, LeBron James Lakers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anthony, what would your word be? Well, to, to build off of that, I'd say back because, <laughs> because like for the last few years when, you know, the Warriors have been as good as they've been and the Cavs have been as good as they've been. And, and it felt like the league had kind of passed up the Lakers. And then now all of a sudden uh, Kyrie wants out of Cleveland. There are whispers about LeBron coming to the Lakers. There are more than whispers about uh, Paul George. So like that Lakers exceptionalism is back, baby. <laughs> that Just like nonstop Lakers guy gif, Lakers, you know, the, the Lakers chain guy gif. Uh <laughs> it's my mentions anytime. So the other day I, I said that I, I was, I said that I don't think uh, it's right that all of a sudden, you know, we're starting to hear, well, if they don't get a superstar this year, then they'll get, they'll maybe get one next year. And then the year after that. And, and all I said was that that's, why didn't we use that criticism? Why didn't we use that logic with uh, Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss? 
And all of a sudden, like, Lakers fan base came after me with with full roars. Oh, you're a hater. Why do you hate Magic Johnson? And and <laughs> I, I I haven't had heard I haven't had hater in my mentions in quite some time. So yeah, that that would lead me to believe that the Lakers fan base is back in all its glory. <laughs> It's like an inverse <laughs> ratio of, of hate to like. It's like the more they hate, the more they're back. What about you, Zita? What do you think? Yeah, uh, I think I think I'm on the same boat, right? I would say content because this season is just regardless. As long as there's some improvement this season, this isn't. It's just one of those like it's a it's a sabbatical, right? We're taking a gap year, right, <laughs> until 2018. So I'm I'm down with millennials that. in there been their gap exactly, years, and I just mm-hmm. want to see Lonzo punch the ball for an assist. That's <laughs> that's where I stand on everything. <laughs> Punch the ball for a three-pointer. Just exactly. keep punching the ball. Um, I guess we should level set for a moment here, fellas, because there's already been some presumptuous, maybe they'll make the playoffs talk. I don't know. Just <laughs> I want to I want to go back for one moment. This was a 26-56 and 56 team last year. They had the 23rd-ranked offensive rating, the 30th-ranked defensive rating. That's last. Uh, 104 points, 104.6 points per game, and they gave up 111.5. But I want to go back real quick to last season and then move that into this season, which is... Uh, Anthony, tell me something that you saw from Luke Walton last year that you're like, yeah, that's it. I know this guy is the coach. That's what proves to me, even though the record, maybe the quality of play wasn't there at one point or multiple times during the season. But you're like, with the types of players he's looking to get with maybe Alonzo Ball or the future of you know free agents uh, who come into town. Say, tell me what you think you saw last year from Luke Walton and what they're going to be building upon with him. So the thing that made me he, – he had some shortcomings on the court. You know, th- there were some – there were some issues with personnel that that I didn't think he necessarily went with enough. Uh, his rotations and and frankly the defense being as bad as it was, uh, being worse than it was under Byron. Like that's that's probably not a great sign. Um, but all that said, <laughs> all that said, uh, he seems to really get what it takes to to get through to millennial players and the guys all loved him there was they had the exit interviews and and the the theme that ran through that was one we were really impressed with brandon ingram's growth and two uh luke walton is a genius not not just in terms of a basketball mind but a in terms of what it takes to get through to people Mm -hmm. and so like i I think that's a great place to start especially coming off of the last coach who an actual quote that he gave was that d'angelo russell hadn't earned the right to talk to him yet you know (laughs) he's trying to get d'angelo shot in the trenches like (laughs) virus guy was a whole different animal (laughs) different generation entirely yeah, so so I mean, just from there, I I think you can build from once you understand how to get through to people, you can get into the minutia of actually making a better basketball team. Because mm-hmm. a lot of coaches, like Mike D'Antoni, to all his credit, and he was fin- phenomenal last year, um, dealing with James Harden. But I think there's some. I, I think I wouldn't shock me at all because of how headstrong he is if he winds up butting heads with Chris Paul at some point this year, because I don't know if he necessarily is that great at dealing with people. Yeah. So I, that's where I would point to with Luke. Interesting. Harrison Zito, anything you guys saw that you'd like to see kind of like maybe, I don't know, fixed. Maybe we just hit on the things he does well. What do you want to see him get better at? You talked about defense, little Anthony Zito. Is there anything that you saw you'd like to kind of see that Luke Walton takes that next step? Well, uh, it depends, right? Because like the players that he was working with aren't really – it's the true. best player. So it's hard to gauge what a coach can't and can't do when he's not really working with the personnel that he's supposed to be working with. It's true. But what I did like was the Nick Young thing, right? Like I wrote a whole thing about how Nick Young was 
you know, like before he signed his contract, he was almost out of the league. Mm-hmm. And there was like he might go overseas. This might be his last chance. Next thing you know, he's like a good up spot spot up shooter, and yeah. he's like he's playing good defense. And I was like, yeah, like I like that. He took a very good or a player with good skill yeah. that everybody kind of was giving up on, and he just turned him into a good player. Like even if it's like. You know, he does a specialist then, but yeah. he turned him into an actual useful player. So at a so, micro uh, level, like, that is kind of a uh, the embodiment of what you see and what he, you want yeah, a good like, coach. Yeah, like, he can see what players can and can't do, and he can mm-hmm. talk them into, like, by, like doing it, right? Like, yeah. because there's not too many people who could talk Nick Young into That's not right. being Nick Young for a little <laughs> bit. So, I, I, like, I really appreciated that, but... Yeah. I guess for him, I mean, and, and, and to and to build off of that point, yeah. like a year ago, if you would have told me that the Warriors, the, the the defending champion Golden State Warriors, would be interested in Nick Young, I would have called you crazy. Yeah, I would have thought I a, a year ago before before Luke Walton helped out Young and and Young spoke to it. He said he owes him a Rolex or something like that. <laughs> um, he. he I would have I would have predicted Young would finish his career in China. I thought I would have yeah. thought he and Brandon Jennings would be out there teammates in China, and he's not. He's he's playing. He's going to probably win a ring this year, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. If he wins it, then the Lakers kind of win it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down for they that. Got a piece of that a piece <laughs> of that pie. Um, Harrison, what uh, what happened last year that you would say was undercovered or misconstrued from a national standpoint about the Lakers, uh, either good or bad, what would you say we, we may have misidentified as a, as a more national uh, basketball fan? Well, I think that early in the season when Brandon Ingram was really struggling, I think that kind of set the narrative for what he was and people kind of just nationally, I think, became down on him and the expectations for what he can be can start to drop. And I just I think it's important to remember that he was nine. He's still 19 years old (laughs) and you know, 19 year olds are not good NBA players generally, but down the stretch of the season, I did think it went a little bit undercovered how much better he got finishing around the basket and it doing like a couple little things. And then his summer league debut was so impressive before the Lakers, the Lakers just shut him down for the rest of summer league after that. But his summer league debut, like he, he addressed Basically, it looked like he was working on pretty much every criticism of his game, like his footwork was better. He was leverage. He was stronger. He was leveraging that strength better. He was finishing even better around the basket. And while there, he still has room for growth, I think it, it was almost like he was so bad shooting and, you know, he was coming off the bench and the Lakers sucked. And so there was almost this collective like, oh, Brandon Ingram's a bust type like shrug from, I think, a lot of the national kind of coverage that I saw of him or, oh, he He's just not going to be that great. Like he wasn't the best number two pick. And I just think that people should kind of slow their roll. I think that he showed <laughs> a lot down the stretch of last season. And I think that did kind of go undercovered a little bit. I think I think that should be like the national like motto for the media is like slow your roll. Right. <laughs> it's like the first so, few games of the season. You're making like declarations yeah. of how this player is going to be. So the media member Madu, uh, Zito Madu here. Well, um. I, like, I spend so many time on Twitter where I just log on and I'm like, you guys need to calm down. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the whole immediacy. You guys aspect. need to calm down is what I say every single time I open Twitter. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> just take a break. Just go take a walk in a garden or something. Just calm down. I should say that, you know, uh, Anthony and Harrison here are two of the most vocal Twitter people I know. So there's that kind of like uh, yin and yang here, yeah. just so, you know, so we can put that on the table. But I, I do think that there's something you guys are hitting on here or that you just talked about, Harrison, that I think is important. And that is like physical maturity gains in 19-year-olds are something that you really 
that to poo-poo or say like this guy's never going to be up to snuff with the athleticism of the NBA when like he's like one month older than Lonzo Ball, yeah. right? Like it's it's yeah, that nineteen-year-olds generally suck at NBA basketball <laughs> yeah. or anything. Like, kind of Did you see fact. how he's built? Yeah, he's yeah. like the most skinny guy yeah. I've ever seen. Exactly, but like <laughs> he looks like an inflatable tube man that used to sell cars. That's right. That's right. That was his old job in the summer, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I completely agree. That. I think that's a really good point. I think that anytime you take a guy with such a high profile pick behind him, like the number two overall, there's going to be expectations. But this is a new NBA. Not every number two overall is ready to go immediately. You got to kind of grow into that. And he has all of the tools that I think you would want in your prototypical player uh, moving forward. And you're right about his you know, minutes in the summer league. He looked like a why is this guy playing in the summer league type player. Um, Anthony, anything we missed that you thought may have been a little undercovered uh, or misconstrued last year? Uh, I th- I think D'Angelo Russell's maturity issues are are com- are a bit overblown. Mm-hmm. You know, Thank like you. everybody he, take a shot. Anthony mentioned D'Angelo Russell. Hey, I'm on his <laughs> side. Like he, I just started like, crying tears of joy when you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you got to think about the stuff that he's been through since he was drafted by the Lakers, right? So he was drafted, and people were angry because he wasn't Jaleel Okafor. And then when he was playing, people were angry because he wasn't Carl Anthony Towns, who's one of the best prospects that the NBA has seen in, in almost in, in quite some time. Yeah. And then while he was, you know, while he was performing as best as he possibly could, like you look at his numbers from his rookie and sophomore year, they aren't terrible. They match up with Kobe's counting stats from his second year. <laughs> and um, and, you know, he's doing that with Kobe on that farewell tour. He's doing that with arguably the worst coach in the history of the NBA. Like if, <laughs> There's if, no arguing there. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah hey, just if, so you guys know, update, Byron Scott has announced his retirement from <laughs> NBA coaching. So oh, we're going to miss him the, so much. <laughs> in that spirit, I'd like to announce my retirement from writing for The Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, I'm taking like, my last swing for the Yankees as well. This is good. <laughs> so like you, you have all that going on and then you have the Nick Young situation in which like Nick Young committed adultery and yet somehow D'Angelo Russell is the bad guy in that equation. Toxic and then even masculinity. After, yeah. Yeah. And, and then, <laughs> and then, and then while that's going on, he's the mature one. He's the one out there saying that, look, I, I shouldn't have recorded him. I'm sorry it got out, and I hope to move forward. Meanwhile, Byron is literally crapping him on crapping on him in the media that he's the bad guy in that situation. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> it, all this these maturity and and look, these things aren't mutually exclusive. I think he can be immature by 19 and 20 year old standards, and I also think that it can be completely overblown and lend itself as a cheap excuse for Magic Johnson to get rid of a kid uh, in his going into his third year. And it wouldn't shock me at all that he gets to Brooklyn and really shows out because one, he's really talented. And two, he's, he's finally going to be put into a situation where it's, it's actually built around his talents. He yeah. hasn't had that while he was out there in LA. That's very true. That's very true. And this is, this is a good level set guys, because I wanted to bring up Russell because that's really the page turn that happened here, right? This is, this is going from Russell's team where he was going to be the future of, of kind of how they would uh, build around him to, you know, this is, this is, Lonzo Ball's team, and this is a brand new roster, more or less. A um, few different offseason moves here, so let's get into that. Let's get into a kind of previewing what we now have as opposed to what uh, what we just left. And, and so let's run through a few of the offseason moves that are kind of the most important here, right? Number one, drafting Lonzo Ball. Two, the trade, obviously, with uh, D'Angelo Russell and bringing in Brooke Lopez. I guess number three in my book would be signing 
KCP, but you could argue that some of the other later draft picks that the Lakers made might end up being more influential down the line. Zito, what do you think the most influential offseason move was outside of drafting Lonzo Ball? Wow. Uh, Sorry. Jesus. Sorry. We'll get more into Ball in a little bit. We're going to save a good 20 minutes for him. Uh, well, probably just getting rid of Mozgov's contract mm-hmm. because that made me so angry as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> I've never hated anything more than when we signed Mozgov for $72 million. <sighs> And I was just so disgusted with the Lakers. I was I was going to buy a ticket to L.A. to fight Jim Buzz. Like, hand to hand. Just Got to get through his bodyguard. First, you were gonna meet him in Temecula. I was gonna meet. I was so upset. I was just like, and I think even Jeannie Buzz said like she didn't understand why Mozgov got that contract. And I was just like, okay, Mozgov didn't understand it. Like as he was signing it, he was like, what the hell are you guys doing? He must have thought that he was like being pranked. Like, are you guys sure about this? He's like, you see, seventy-two million rubles, right? It's gonna be American money. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, I'll sign. (laughs) Like, but I was just happy with that. I think we've made just like generally good. Moves, yeah, right. This is better than the last era, I think. Yep. So, but just getting rid of Mozgov, so I, don't, I can actually like the Lakers without like being heated every time he he comes on the court <laughs> is a very good thing to me. Harrison, what do you think? Man, T- take me through your top three most influential offseason moves that don't have to do with Lonzo. That don't have to do with okay. Yeah, yeah we're going uh, to say so plenty I mean, of time for Lonzo. You're just throwing everybody I'm, a curveball. Well, no, the only reason I'm saying this is because we're going to set aside it is implicit in this Lakers operation here and, and in this preview that we're going to talk plenty about Lonzo Ball. But I want to be able to make sure we give a little due diligence to the rest of this brand new roster that is exciting in its own right. Well, I, I think you mentioned them. Mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez is going to be a pretty massive upgrade on Tim Mozgov just by being like a good NBA player. And Contavious Caldwell-Pope is a better defender than the Lakers have had on the wing in quite a long time. Like he's not going to be, I, I think there's almost a little bit of overhyping him as he's going to be this shut down three and D guy that's going to help them make this like, you know, playoff contention type run. But I, I don't like, like he's not going to be that good, but he is going to be better than anything that they've had at shooting guard for uh, for quite a while yeah. and that, that's why he's making you know like 18 million dollars for on this one-year deal and he also allows the lakers to talk to lebron james's agent uh, you know oh. as much as they want just coincidentally um and then i think the other thing that that you didn't mention is or you kind of mentioned at the draft picks but yeah. I, kyle kuzma at NBA Summer League, it is just Summer League, but he looks incredible. Yeah. And if if he's actually a, a good player, like that stre- the type of stretch four that he looks like he can be, that can defend multiple positions, that can shoot the ball really well, that can take guys off the dribble when he pump fakes and they close too hard after they close too hard, I think he could be a huge addition for the Lakers down the line. I, he's obviously... He's not going to be as good during the regular season as he was during summer league. Or if he is, then that's even better. But (laughs) I I don't think that's it. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he will be that good. But I think, you know, down the line, he's going to be potentially a really big piece for them. If he shows anything like he was showing during in Las Vegas. Yeah. And I think I think Hart's actually an interesting player as well. I think he could translate into being a nice. Yeah, he got hurt early. But, uh, you know, he's I think he's somebody that will be able to contribute as much as any rookie can contribute right away just because he's like a four year guy. Yeah, that's right. He's a little bit older. He obviously has experience playing in in a I think that Villanova guards in general translate well because they're asked to do more NBA type Uh, things at Villanova that's you know guard up switch on everything things like that um and he's like what? He was born in 95, so that makes him like 22, 23 Jesus. years old. Yeah. Howard's a little older, but I know. Born in 95 no, makes saying. him feel it's young, just... but don't even think about the fact that uh, 
the baseball player for the Braves that was just called up a couple days ago was born in like 1998. <laughs> so it's just completely, oh re- completely ridiculous. Um, all right. So that leads me to <laughs> this question, which I'll give to Anthony, because this is the part two of the offseason question, which is what are Lakers fans most excited about this year? <laughs> and what are you most nervous well, about? Here's your opportunity to talk about ball. All right. So one ball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it, it's it's. It's insane how much watching Russell on the net. (laughs) 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 I already, I already, my, uh, the Jersey's on its way, but Lonzo ball came into the summer league with astronomical amounts of hype, right? Like stupid amounts of hype. He sold out Thomas and Mac on what was it? Saturday night. Uh, yeah, that's insane. You know? Yeah. That, that had never happened before and somehow lived up to it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's an accomplishment in and of its own. And I think because of that, I think it's fair that Laker fans would be really excited to watch this kid play. And I don't think many fans have thought about it this way, because most fans think like point guard, the ball's always going to be in his hands. He's going to, you know, he's going to lead the charge on all these things. No, really. He plays a, a style that he gets the ball out of his hands as quickly as he possibly can. And that allows guys like. KCP to get on on the break. Brandon Ingram will get a few easier looks during the season. Bigs, any Laker big who rim runs is going to feast uh, on random Thursday nights when the teams that they play against aren't disciplined enough to actually turn their heads around in that transition defense. And and that's why I think it's fair. You know, I don't think the playoff talk like the playoff talk is always asinine for when you're talking about a rookie starting on any NBA team, especially in this Western Conference. But do I think that Lonzo could challenge, you know, the the rookie assist record? Why not? I don't I don't see why that wouldn't be something that people would, you know, laugh at as a as a preseason prediction. And then mm-hmm. the thing that everybody should be kind of nervous about is Brandon Ingram. Like Harrison talked about him at the beginning of the show with how good he looked down the stretch and how that was kind of undercovered. But it was undercovered for a reason. He wasn't good for three quarters of the year. And if he doesn't come out and, and show legitimate steps forward and the Lakers had traded away, uh, D'Angelo Russell, uh, probably the, the more talented prospect at this point in both of their careers, then that's not a very good look, you know? And, yeah. and now you're really hoping that Lonzo ball is a bona fide superstar to make up for whatever player Brandon Ingram isn't. Yeah. So like, you know what the, the, all the eyes, all eyes are going to be on, on Lonzo ball throughout the entire year, but smart Laker fans should really focus on Brandon Ingram because his development is, is about as important as just about anything across this roster. That's, that's, that's a very good point. We actually have a question here that kind of ties into this from uh, one of our listeners here, Jacopo Pellegrinelli. Nice name there. Um, wonderful name. Fantastic name, actually. Sounds like he should be managing Inter Milan. Um, <laughs> with that in mind, uh, is, is Summer League Kyle Kuzma for real? Do you think Ingram is going to be Kevin Durant good or Rudy Gay good? Which is, by the way, it's like, do you think he's going to be great or is he going to be pretty good? Yeah, um, yeah. Like, do you think Rudy Ingram's Gay's going name? to be a top five player in the NBA? Yeah, or just like one of the times when Team USA doesn't care that much, will he be a Rudy Gay type team member? Um, so <laughs> with, with that in mind, I, it's, I wanted to bring Kyle kind of bring Kyle Kuzma back into this conversation because it almost feels like 
Uh, and, and Harrison, you tell me what you think here because you were a little bit higher, or not higher necessarily, but you had some nice things to say about Ingram and Anthony obviously put them a little bit more in the, or put Ingram in more of the situation of we need to see how this plays out and is very important. And I completely agree there. Do you think that Kuzma almost gives uh, the Lakers at least a, a glimmer of, um, I don't know, like a fallback plan or like he has similar attributes to what you want to get out of Ingram? Uh, or do you see this as kind of they should be playing off of each other or that, you know, Kuzma is really just we need to see what we have in a real NBA game? I think with Kuzma, the, the first of all, all, we definitely need to see what we have yeah. because I think just judging him solely off summer league would be kind of dangerous. But I, I, I think he's less of a fallback plan for Ingram, who I think eventually will play some for, but more of it allows you to be more comfortable moving on from Julius Randle yeah. after this season, which yep. they're probably going to have to do for cap space reasons. It allows you to maybe be more comfortable moving Larry Nance Jr. as some type of sweetener in a deal if he continues to look as good as he looked in summer league. I think that's kind of the biggest thing with Kyle Kuzma that Kyle Kuzma allows the Lakers to do. Yeah. And then so then and then second part of that is. Uh, and anybody here, feel free to jump in. But what is Ingram's ceiling and, and what is his floor? Like realistically here, it feels like this could be one of the players who has one of the highest ceilings and one of the lowest floors, which is an interesting situation. And, and I'd love to get you know all of your thoughts on that. Uh, Zito, if you want to take it first and then Anthony. Uh, it's I don't know. It's one of those things I hate predicting how good a player will be, mm-hmm. right? Because I think one of the funniest ones that I've seen recently was like somebody tweeting out, uh, like articles that were written about CJ McCollum at first, and it was just like a CJ McCollum a bus now, or I was like a CJ, and it was like year yearly, and then all of a sudden like CJ McCollum is great. Yeah. But I think Brandon Ingram has a high ceiling, but it's one of those you can have the high ceiling, you have to actually like sure. work on it to gain it. But I think you're right; he has a very high ceiling. I think if he really works at it, he could become one of the best players in the NBA. <laughs> but that's just me, probably Lakers exceptionalism, because I want him to be one of the best players in the NBA. No shortage of that. Yeah, I was going to say, you're higher on him than I am. I, I don't know that he gets to that height, but I do think he'll be really good. Yeah, yeah. so I'm just like purely always kind of like leaning hard on just the fact that I'm a Lakers fan. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. But I think he will be really, yeah. really good because I think he has the work ethic for it. So. Yeah. I mean, Anthony. You you'd mentioned him as the important piece here, the one that you know real Lakers fans or smart Lakers fans should be focusing their attention on for growth. Um, what would be a growth season for you uh, for Ingram? What what is that identified as for you? Honestly, it, it so a few things. One, he needs to be really good defensively. Mm. Like he he it, the the thing that separates like Kevin Durant from Rudy Gay. <clears throat> Is I mean, there's a, there's Minus a zillion all of the them. other things that separate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the one thing. <laughs> one of the billion things that separates Kevin Durant from Rudy Gay is how good Durant is defensively. Yeah, like Durant, Durant was tremendous on defense last year for the Warriors, and you know he utilized his height and his length to be able to. I wouldn't say he was your your typical, you know, uh, rim protector, but he just used he he used his length in ways that he hadn't really previously uh, to to this point in his career. Mm-hmm. And for Ingram, look, Lonzo Ball, I I think the Lakers are kind of hoping that he's an average to slightly above average defender. Uh, KCP, I don't think they plan on him being around very long, but he is an above average NBA defender. 
that doesn't because of that. And, and Julius Randle is a bad NBA defender. And Brook Lopez is okay at what they are hoping he's doing. So what you need there for for in in that lineup in that starting lineup is you need Ingram to be able to switch a lot. You need him to be able to you know impact plays uh, down low occasionally. Uh, rebound the ball and either get the ball up the court or get the ball to Alonzo as quickly as you possibly can. And like everybody's going to be focused on the counting stats. How many points is he scoring? How well is he shooting? Um, and all of those things. But really, if he looks lost defensively, then the Lakers really have to, you know, start thinking about, all right, maybe we maybe we move on from Ingram to sweeten the pot uh, because they think they have a chance at Paul George and maybe there'd be some overlap there. Um, but, but yeah, his defense needs to be much better than it was consistently last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, uh, I I think it's interesting though. You mentioned that the get the ball to ball, (laughs) God, it's going to be a pain in the butt to have to say that a lot, but the the smarter, (laughs) he's going to give us so many opportunities for puns and wordplay. It's going (laughs) to be glorious. And we will never have Prey to engage in any of those. I promise. I might just block him on Twitter. That's actually why he's not on this podcast. All Lakers podcasts from now on. No, that's that's literally mute him. Yeah. He's, he's, season starts <laughs> <laughs> but he's in the other room we just knew there'd be too much innuendo for him to handle on this podcast so. um no i'm just kidding he's he's not here today but um all right well quick uh, quick word from our sponsor we'll get right back to this more into randall clarkson the rest of the guys we haven't mentioned and and, and the rest of this lakers uh preview This episode of Limited Upside Podcast is actually sponsored by the Dollar Shave Club. It's a smarter choice. Get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. It's an awesome life hack, and I'm all about that type of stuff. I like convenience. I'm like an Amazon Prime member for the last three years, so this is kind of the no-brainer for shaving for me. Uh, you know, you don't have to schlep yourself to the Dwayne Reed or to the CVS or wherever it may be, which is always farther than you want it to be. It comes right to your door. Uh, it's cheap. Uh, you don't have to get a cheap and disposable razor um, because why would you want that? You know, don't spend a fortune on razors with gimmicky shaving technology or any of that crap. You don't need it. Um, when I use, and I personally do, I work in sales here. I have to be a little bit more clean shaven than the likes of, I don't know, some of the editors and writers here at SB Nation. You can come into work however you want in that regard, but I have to be clean shaven. I got to make sure my neckline is tight. So when I use the Dollar Shave Club Executive Razor with the Dr. Carver Shave Butter, the blade actually gently glides across my skin. I used to not use a blade because it did irritate me, but this combination works tremendously for me. And I, I obviously appreciate not having razor burn or anything that's going to itch or hurt my skin, as anybody should, right? So that Dr. Carver shave butter, it's transparent for more precise shave. I can see where I'm going with it. It helps prevent ingrown hairs and it fights those razor bumps that are annoying and frustrating. Obviously, I don't like those. So with that in mind, for a limited time, new members can get their first month of the executive razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver shave butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. It's pretty simple. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. That seems like a good deal to me. And if you're in, uh, if it's your first month with the box, you get an awesome weighty handle, a full cassette of four cartridges, and a tube of their shave butter. 
Uh, after your first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at their regular price. Again, they take the difficulty out of this. They bring the razors right to you. Uh, there are no hidden fees, no commitments, and you can cancel it anytime you'd like. So again, it's user-friendly. It's for your skin. It's for the betterment of your shave. Uh, and you can get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash upside. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash upside. All right, and we're back. Again, we're here with uh, Zito Madu. We're also here with Anthony Irwin and Harrison Fagan from the Locked on Lakers podcast. So we got it right that time, guys. And Silver Screen and Roll, <laughs> our SB Nation community. Can't miss that either. But uh, cool. So we just mentioned a little bit. We talked a lot about uh, kind of what we want from Ingram. We've mentioned Ball a little bit. We got into a, a couple questions here. And I wanted to get to another question that we hadn't gotten to from one of our listeners, Mark Berland, who asks, because we kind of touched on Randall and where he fits into this, but we haven't really cemented that. So... Zito, tell me what will Randall and Clarkson need to do to force their way into next year and the year after's plans? Because right now they're the odd guys out, but they're on the roster. Okay, so I'm a huge fan of Jordan Clarkson, right? Because I think uh, when we moved D'Angelo Russell to shooting guard and took put the ball in Clarkson's hands, I think he did well. I just think he's a good player, mm-hmm. and right, like he's always he's always kind of the odd man now every single time. But with Julius Randle, it was, uh, God, what was it? Just the way that he, like, his footwork and the way that he scores. Like, sometimes he just looks like a fake Zach Randolph. And I was <laughs> yeah. just like, what are you doing? Yeah. But I think if he just becomes more polished. But I really want Clarkson to stay. I'm a huge fan of Clarkson. But I think Julius Randle, like we said earlier, might be the one that gets moved on yeah. just for yeah. cap reasons. Yeah, Anthony, what do you think, man? I don't think there's really anything they can do at this point. It's just about math. You know, the the Lakers at this point, so the Mozgov and D'Angelo Russell trade signaled the beginning of Magic and Rob Polinka's plan moving forward. They are hell-bent on getting one or two superstars this next offseason. And if that's the goal, they either have to move Dang uh, which if they move Dang, Randall probably goes in that trade too, just because Dang is going to be so hard to move. Yep. Or it's going to be Clarkson because that, you know, frankly, that $12 million or $10 million that he's making per year it could probably be spelt, uh, better spent elsewhere. Yeah. Um, the, the concern the concern with Clarkson, and look, I, I, I think, again, this is this is probably one of the most underrated aspects of the Lakers organization is how – Poorly, they've managed young guys mm-hmm. uh, up until this this last year. Jordan Clarkson spent half the year behind Ronnie Price. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and we're talking about like thirty six year old Ronnie Price, who was surprised he was playing late in games while he was playing late in games on those teams. And I don't, I don't think uh, he was thirty six. Whatever he was, played like it. Just saying. <laughs> um, like, He's thirty four. By the way, you are you far play. off. Yeah, thirty four is old. Yeah. So, like he, I think Clarkson. So he has that first year. That that first year, he works himself into second year All Rookie Team mm-hmm. uh, after being drafted forty six overall. And he does that as a point guard. And then the next year they draft a point guard and he thinks to himself, okay, fine. I'll work on being a shooting guard and playing off of D'Angelo Russell. Well, they never started together until like the last few weeks of the season. Yeah. You know, and, and so like he's been, he's been having, he's had to move from role to role to role to role. And this isn't to say that he hasn't, you know, that 
this isn't to lift all onus from him having to develop uh, his own game, but it makes it tough when you never really know what role you're going to play. And if those roles don't fit what your game is necessarily best for, that makes it even harder. And so I, I think, you know, some team will probably pick him up as, as a, you know, a fairly cheap, a uh, young player, uh, like he—he he seems like the prototypical Nick to me. Yeah. Like he just—wow, what like has he, he ever done to you? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's a fantastic comment. He's a tweener. He's not great. He'll make a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. <laughs> just yeah. that's so mean. I would never. I love him too much to let him go to the Knicks. <laughs> I, I just can't. I just can't wait to hear like Jared Dubin screaming at Jordan Clarkson to get the ball to to Chris Porzingis off of the pick and roll. Like you're it's just, just gonna see me make like a Britney, like the leave Britney alone video with Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> <laughs> leave Jordan alone. <laughs> so like, I, I mean, I like I said, I, I think both those guys, Randall and Clarkson, have shown flashes that they're useful NBA players. I just don't think they fit into what the Lakers' plan is moving forward. Yeah. And as such, I think they'll be cap casualties. It's a uh... I think that might be the unfortunate reality or fortunate, depending on the arc of their careers thereafter. But I think that comment about being kind of like a, a Fugazi, uh, what's it called, uh, uh, Randolph, is, is an interesting point because there's a bully ball element that Randolph brought from Michigan State to the NBA. And then he realized that some of that works, but you got to put touch. You got to have yeah, footwork for days. Because everybody's strong. Exactly. And everyone's bigger than you. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Randolph's like, not a huge you guy. You can bully college kids. That's you right. can't. That's bully right. everybody when they have shoulders like Dwight Howard. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. And and so and, I, and people were people were freaking out about him bullying guys in the Drew League, and it's like guys, they're gonna be they're gonna be putting up groceries at Albertsons next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I literally had what friends who played in that league. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there were accountants and stuff. Um, all right. Yeah. So, all right. That's that's quite interesting because I obviously in my notes here I have I don't think either of them is going to be a part of the plans. They're going to be replaced with likely superstars uh, or whomever the Lakers. Uh, decide to bring elitism, in. just pure elitism. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I say likely superstars because <laughs> until it's done. But um, I, that leads me to this next question here because we know who the favorites are going to be in Los Angeles for the next ten to fifteen years. Aside from the free agents they bring in in the next few years, it's going to be you know it's going to be Lonzo Ball and Ingram. These are going to be the jerseys that now you're going to see all over Los Angeles that aren't Shaq and Kobe. They're going to be replaced with this next iteration. So I want to know, and Harrison, you go first. Tell me the current player on this roster whose jersey that you would buy, and it can't be either of those two guys. Oh, no, it, it's it's easy for me. I, I think you go Vander Blue, <laughs> both for novelty yep. and because that way there are going to be so many bald jerseys running around. You're almost bound to create a hilarious <laughs> photo op when you're walking around because you'll end up next to somebody in a bald jersey and then you got like the blue ball combo. <laughs> That's perfect. Yes. yes. He's going he's gonna to help make so many good photo ops. It's fantastic. Luke <laughs> Walton needs to have that be a starting lineup once this year just like for meme reasons. Of course. You get him high-fiving and then it goes up on a poster somewhere in some kid's house and he doesn't even understand it. It's perfect. Well, he that's might, he might get it when he's the real coach yeah. for millennials. Yeah, that's right. After that kid's bar mitzvah, then he'll understand that joke. Um, okay, guys. <laughs> like so if those guys, if, the, if those guys show like a bunch of potential and then just fall just short, like it would be perfect for that analogy. <laughs> just short. <laughs> just one possession short. So much expectation. Um, who would be, your, uh, be yours, Anthony? Thomas Bryant. Okay. Probably. Did he just, just signed a two-way? Uh, no, he signed, he signed oh, a, a, a one year. It's like a one in one deal. Okay. Um, but I mean, you can never have too many Bryant Lakers jerseys in my opinion. 
So, that's a good point. So, like, yes, I think such that, a good point. It's <laughs> a great point. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, I think the the hipster value to that is going to be pretty incredible because yeah, yeah I mean the the number of people who come up and be like, wait. Kobe wore number 43? What? <laughs> it's like that time when Jordan couldn't find his jersey, so he had to wear, like, number 12 or something. <laughs> exactly. You know, who would, uh, who would... I'm going What's that? Oh, I said I'm going Thomas Bryant, and he's a yeah. good kid, friend of the show. Cool. Oh, so, nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. Always good to hear. Out. I'll support that. How about you, Zito? Uh, Josh Hart. Nice. Got to have Hart. No, just because, all right, the last shot that he had for Villanova before they lost, I made so much fun of it because it was the most, like, oh, yeah. it was, I've never seen such hero ball as him dribbling for, like, dribbling the shot clock down and then passing it off and then catching it and shooting it again. Yeah. And I was like, all right, Josh, what are you doing here? So I want to get his jersey so I could go there and heckle him for that one shot over and over and over. <laughs> I have real life beef. I have real life beef with this guy just because he made one bad play in college. So that's why you want his jersey? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I have to live the hate, right? (laughs) I can't just hate you from afar. I have to like remind myself why I dislike this person. And I think that's a good time to remind all of our listeners that Zito's hate is is always authentic. There's no there's nothing (laughs) fabricated about that. Um, I I like I like that like that's exactly when we knew Hart was gonna be a Laker. Like the Lakers were like we need that guy for his hero ball. He's the next Kobe. We got this guy. <laughs> we got. We have to get a picture of him shooting the shot, and then just have Kobe's like ghost in the background. <laughs> um, all right. I don't want to rag too much on my on my very. I'm a fan of Illinois. You guys know this. It's a, It's close to where I grew up. I have some good friends that went there. So let's let's leave a uh, heart out of this for. For the rest of the podcast, he's had enough shame from that last uh, shot attempt in the in the what, second at round least, last year. Yeah, at least Wisconsin. he wasn't oh. the only one though. Like there were so many March Madness games that finished because yeah. one player tried to play be the hero, yeah. shoot half court where you still have eight seconds left on the shot clock. And I was like, yeah. okay, somewhere there's like a Northern Iowa player from two years ago is listening and just crying a little bit. <laughs> Stupid Texas A and M game. All right, um, qu- uh, another question from a, a listener here. It's a good one. Ender Ho asks, and this is probably one I want to give to. Let's give this to Anthony first, and then we'll go Harrison and Zito. Um, <laughs> which of the unlikelies here is most likely to happen? Lakers playoffs, Lonzo an all-star, Ingram a 20 points per game score, or Clarkson sixth man of the year? Oh, this is nice. It's all you, Anthony. Well, if, if, <laughs> if fan vote, if fan vote like, still held the same weight mm-hmm. that it had in years past, I'd say Lonzo being an all-star. But I think... I, of all those things, I'd say Ingram scoring twenty points a game. I don't. I don't think that's inconceivable. Just because he's he's going to get like, I would imagine Ingram winds up with three or four, you know, baskets in transition transition per game. Just because Lonzo's hit ahead passes are so successful sure. and really helps, you know, somebody like that. So all he has to come up with after that is what nine buckets a game or eight or nine buckets a game. I think he could do that. I think he could foul a lot I'd, too. Yeah, I, I I'd say, and again. The Lakers need him to do that. You know, that's yeah. that's the other factor here is that they they need him to develop. They need him to take that second year step forward. Um, and, you know, just just for the simple fact that, like, if he doesn't and they traded the wrong young prospect, then magic looks like a doofus. Yeah. So I think there's going to be there's going to be some some incentive there for Ingram to really show out. Yeah. Harrison, what do you think? Lakers playoffs, Lonzo All-Star, Ingram 20 a game or Clarkson six man? I, I 
I kind of agree with Anthony, but just for contrarian's sake, I'll go Clarkson six man because I don't want to agree with Anthony. That means you're kind of <laughs> in a bad place, basketball opinion wise. Uh, I'll go Clarkson six man just because I think he's going to actually get the opportunity to opportunity to do it. Yep. Luke Walton last year showed he really likes to keep all of these lineups together as much as possible. Like he will start an inferior player just to keep his bench together because he likes having those. He likes having units rather than staggering his guys. And if you look at the bench, Clarkson is going to be the hub of that offense. He's going to get the opportunities basically that Lou Williams got most likely. And the Lakers have incentive to try and raise his trade value. So Mm -hmm. I I think that all those factors, you might see kind of a big statistical year from Clarkson. There's probably a better chance of that than any of those other things. Although I still don't think like I'm not guaranteeing he's going to win six man of the year just for picking pie in the sky outcomes. I think that's probably the most likely. And I would rank Lakers playoffs as last. Uh, that's uh I, I mean i think that's a good point on the trade value build up as well about you zito uh i feel like i should pick one that like go for the playoffs hasn't been playoffs, no but. no because if <laughs> i go for the playoffs, playoffs i it. talk too much trash go, no, you want to. this will come back to haunt me so bad but josh hart rookie of the year <laughs> josh hart rookie of the year but no i think i'll go with ingram 20 points a game no yeah just all for the same reasons i think that's the likeliest, or to me, I think that's the one that I want to happen mm-hmm. more than I feel like that might else. be the most indicative of the Lakers having a successful season yeah, yeah, yeah. in some ways, guys, right? Well, except for Lonzo <laughs> making an all-star. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true, especially given the position he plays. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to my favorite question that we have here, and I, I want to give credit to Prater for this one. He thought of it. He's pretty obsessed with this concept of your banana boat, whatever that means. It's like your happy place, right, and happy Gilmore. Find your happy place. Find your banana boat. That's the NBA equivalent. So... With that in mind, and Zito, I'll let you start. You had the last uh, crack at this for the last question, but what's your all-time Lakers banana boat? This is the three players in franchise history that you would want to join your banana boat. You're the oh, fourth guy. This is, okay? this You're the is fourth. so easy. So who are the three Lakers, not the best players in the history, but the three folks that you most want to hang out with on your banana boat? I would like to hang out with Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. because I feel like he is so... Tr- try hard deep <laughs> that we would have the greatest conversations ever but i mean you kobe like come on he he calls up uh ariana huffington at random hours of the night to talk about sharks and right, right. swimming patterns like come on that's that's what i need in my life i need somebody to hit me up at 2 a.m asking me why whales are washing up on shores like i think kobe would do that okay two and, more two more uh, I want, let's see, let's see, Lou Will, back when he was a Laker, <laughs> just because I think Lou Will is so There's your fun. musical entertainment. Too. Yeah, yeah. That, Lou Will is just fun. <laughs> and uh, third Laker, third Laker. It's, it's a history of the Lakers organization. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> oh, God, I feel like I have to pick Shaq, because okay. I think Shaq is hilarious. That's right? a Shaq and Kobe banana boat. You yeah, have to right? Be in the middle there, of them. There's a little tension there, right? Yeah. And it's just, no, it's just me and Lou Will hanging out and watching Shaq and Kobe go at it. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Anthony? What do you think? Uh, I would agree with Shaq. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I don't know of many banana boats that would hold Shaq. So that'd be kind of... <laughs> Shaq is the banana <laughs> yeah, boat. The right. banana boat's going to capsize. <laughs> Um, my my second one would be uh, Dennis Rodman. Uh, I mean, oh my god, trips with Korea. No, I'm. I think I, he would scare me. Yeah, <laughs> he. Funny story. Like he he's he lives or he lived for a while out here in Newport Beach, and I had a friend who lived kind of sort of like up the street from them, and and they said like it not even a weekend night 
nightly occurrence, but it was a nightly occurrence that they'd have some noise complaint about Rodman. So I went in on that party. And then uh, so Will I actually live in Newport Beach. And just fun fact about Dennis Rodman: I used to, I, 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 I uh, my little brother played basketball with his son, and his son also dyes his hair uh, multiple colors. <laughs> oh my god, playing. that's awesome! I would think nothing less of that. Of course, <laughs> of course, that's the case. So we got Rodman, and we got Shaq. Who else? Who's that last uh, banana boat member with you? Will Chamberlain, for sure. <laughs> nice, uh, Mr. Mister Oh, 10, my God. How did yeah. I forget? Yeah. I was, that's why I said you can go back in the whole Will history. Will Chamberlain yes. and Lou Will. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Take out Kobe. So I, I envisioned like Lou <laughs> Let Will. Let Kobe go talk yeah. to the ether. <laughs> I, I imagine Lou Will uh, uh, sitting on like Chamberlain's shoulder or Shaq's shoulder, kind of like in like Thunderdome where there's that little guy, <laughs> Mad Max, who like sits and operates the big dude. <laughs> That's how I envision that one. Oh my out, god! So. I need Will Chamberlain, <laughs> Lou Will, and Shaq. You yeah. have like seven girlfriends if you're <laughs> <out with> those. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like we, they would put the condom business like <laughs> on the map. One of them would try to use the banana boat as the condom. I was gonna say this. This brings the whole banana boat thing to another. There's your innuendo. For that's you. banana boat. Yeah, that's one off the rails. Real quick. Uh, with that in mind, Harrison, who's on yours? Okay, so my, mine is a little cleaner, uh, but I, w- I was going to go Magic Johnson just because greatest teammate in history, I think. He, he seems like the best hype man. To, like, you will never feel bad about yourself if you're hanging out with Magic Johnson. Like, he's going to tell you that you are the greatest at whatever you are currently doing, mm-hmm. and I need that in my life because I'm naturally <laughs> pessimistic. And, you know, he, he also seems like a, like a pretty good wingman just based off of reporting. Uh, from our- do you think so? <laughs> All right, yeah. All right, we're not going to go there. We're not going there. We're not going there, Tito. Um, I, and second, I would go Larry Nance Jr. just because he seems like a really fun guy to hang out with. I think that one's like pretty simple. Mm-hmm. And then Sasha Vujicic just because, Sasha. again, good wingman. And then you know if you get into a dicey situation and Sasha just has not been around the whole time, like he hasn't done anything, he's ready to come in and save you cold. Just, so. It's I'm going to go Sasha for the last one. So I, I don't have a particular uh, list myself, but I will say I'm shocked no one picked Luke Walton. I mean, he, he seems like a pretty cool guy. He's a Marina, uh, Marina Del Rey living uh, fellow. He seems to like the west side of L.A. That's a good personality standpoint to come from. So I think Luke Walton would have some fun stories, too, about growing up with his father. There's that as well. Yeah. Oh, that'd be yeah. good. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. I think yeah. Luke Walton is, like, really good if you'd like to just chill and relax. That's and, true. Like, See, that's, that's why. Yeah, man. That's, but, like, yeah. I need... The Lou Will Taco lifestyle. Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you like Taco like, Tuesday. Yeah. I need, like, yeah. we're at live, and we just brought Will Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, Conan the Barbarian style. Exactly. All right, all right. Let, with that in mind, uh, I wanted to not bring this dude up, but I'm going to bring him up because it's a hypothetical. Um, and we got all the way to almost the end here before we get to our predictions. But, <clears throat> Zito. If LeVar Ball asked you to be his publicist, but in doing so, you would get stock equity in Big Baller brand, but you had to hang out with this guy all the time. You were, like, associated with him. Like, now it's like, hey, it's LeVar Ball and Zito Matter. Like, they're always together. That's his publicist. Would you take the job? Yes. Like, in a heartbeat. <laughs> what are we talking about? Like, publicist, too. That means you're the one who's like, no, he didn't mean that. The stay in your lane thing, it wasn't that I am meant- so down for it. Like, I've been big, but I've... You don't understand. I'm about to order a big baller leather snapback. <laughs> this big baller brand thing Go, is for life. Goes and asks Mike for a raise, then spends it on big baller brand. I'm gear. on the SB Nation Snapchat with me and LeVar Ball everywhere we go, regardless of what he does. And then I'm coming out like straight Trump administration, like he didn't mean that. He was misquoted. 
he was joking. <laughs> he was joking. He was Fake joking. news. Yeah. Lavar never said it. Yeah. How about how about you guys? Say yeah. it, let me rephrase it for the for the two of you, um, uh, Harrison. If he wanted to be, you could only continue to do the Locked On Lakers podcast if you had a third member, and it was Lavar. Would you keep doing oh the podcast? <laughs> Oh, yeah. He'd bring in so much revenue. Like, right now, I'm broke blogger brand, and if he's ready to bring out, bring on big baller brand and put some actual cash into this stuff, like, you don't understand, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to make some money. I, I'm with LeVar Ball all the way if he wants to hire me. Fair. fair. Harrison.fishin at gmail.com. <laughs> About Anthony, uh, I'll give you a, a third persuasion uh, of this uh, question here. Um, that is that. Also, real quick, yeah. I, I host with Anthony right now. Lavar Ball might be less <laughs> outspoken. So that's a good. That's a good point. Uh, Stanley Lane Harrison. Yeah, <laughs> Anthony. Uh, uh, this is more of an actual question about this. Do you do you ever at any point when the uh, Lakers were going to get Lonzo? It looked pretty clear they were going to draft him. Did you ever think to yourself that Lavar was like an, an impingement on that, or something you wouldn't want to associate with the Lakers organization, or was it always just like this is his son, this is the player, and I don't care about this dude? Uh, no, I actually, I on the podcast, I said a couple different times that like LeVar really has to be careful here with the stuff he's saying. And like the other thing, I, I don't want to be the guy who takes this too seriously or whatever, but like he's saying stay in your lane to women yeah. while the, the main, like the boss of that, his boss's son or his son's boss is Jeannie Buss. Yeah. Yeah. So like, no, no, not I the think, greatest. Like, no, I think you're so right on that. And I think uh, Diana wrote or one of our writers wrote an article about how that stay in your lane, he uses it to sell shirts. And then the fact that he got a female rev disqualified or like removed. Yeah. And then his reasoning was that she was a woman. She didn't understand the game. Yeah. Like it was, his reasoning was just pure out. Like she's a woman. It's misogynistic. Yeah. It's best, pure yeah. misogyny. Like, yeah, he's fun, blah, blah, blah. But he, when it comes to like women, he's very, yeah. like he makes his line very, very evident. Right. And it's not a, it's not cool at all. Right. Yeah. Like, I think there's a total mm-hmm. difference between being the hype man of your son, wanting to be part of the, you know, the, the marketing process for your family uh, and then being an asshole and like yeah. being a pig and being something you, you wouldn't want any child to emulate. You wouldn't want any brand to be associated with, whether that's your son's brand or an actual brand like Adidas, yeah. who made the wrong decision here, too. And they should be called out as well. Um, but I just wanted to touch on that briefly, guys. I don't want to stick. This is a Lakers preview and LeVar mm-hmm. does not play in the NBA, nor could he barely play. For his high school and college teams, that, two uh, point two point. He beat MJ one on one. What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, and man? Gronkowski off the line, right? But uh, <laughs> he's just the most outrageous shit. But um, with that in mind, let's get to some predictions, guys. Let's get to the end game here. We only have a little bit of time left, so I want to make sure that we get everyone on the record, as I do with every one of our team previews here. So, Zito, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to ask you the leading score, the predicted team record. In fact, you can just give me a somewhat of a wins total you think that they'll get to this year. Keep in mind they won 26 games last year. Oh. And then I want you to give me the best case scenario, the worst case scenario for this season, and what your dream season looks like. So number one, who's that leading scorer for this team this year? Uh, because I picked uh, Ingram to average mm-hmm. 20 points, I'm going to go with him. Team record, estimated amount of wins, you think? Oh, uh, we won 26 last year. That's right. 34. Ooh, wow. Eight. All right. All right. And then best case scenario for this season and worst case scenario. Best case scenario, we make the playoffs. Okay. Worst case scenario, Lonzo breaks his leg. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair. Uh, what is the uh, minimum that this team has to do this season for you to deem it a success? Uh, just improve. Like, everybody just improves. Lonzo actually shows that he's, like, worth what he was in mm-hmm. summer league, right? Like Ingram improves, Jordan Clarkson does well off the bench. Julius Randle stops like headbutting people when he's trying to do a layup. 
And, yeah, generally I think if everybody just shows improvement, that's fine because we're all just waiting for next summer anyway. Yep, yep. All right, Harrison, your turn. Let's see, leading so, scorer, leading scorer. I got Clarkson just for all the reasons that I talked about. He's going to have so many opportunities, I think, off the bench just to be the whole offense for that unit that yep. I think that – I don't think that he's going to score like 25 points a game, but I think that the Lakers' offense has been so egalitarian over the last uh, – like last year that I think that he'll get the biggest opportunity and might score the most points. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I'd go with Clarkson, mm-hmm. but I don't feel super confident about it. It feels like it could be any number of players. I mean, that, that's – Probably a good thing to be honest. Yeah, it could it could be Lopez, like it could be Ingram. I, I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, team record prediction in terms of wins totals. Twenty six or twenty seven wins because I think the West got tougher. So I think even holding steady would almost show improvement. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think the West is so good. They just don't really have that many free wins that they can get like yeah. East teams do. So I, I think that ESPN prediction that came out today was a little high. Okay. Okay. And then best case scenario and worst case scenario. Okay, so I think best case scenario for the season, Lonzo Ball makes the Lakers look like they're fun, makes the Lakers fun again. It, it, they look like they're a team worth playing with and worth joining in free agency. Worst case scenario, Lonzo Ball is just Kendall Marshall. Brandon oh Ingram still looks like an out of control baby giraffe at NBA speed. <laughs> Luke Walton quits mid year because Lavar Ball isn't quote unquote chill enough. Lavar <laughs> Ball seizes power to coach the team. Palinka and Johnson sign Luol Deng to an extension to keep a steady head in the locker room. You are depressed. He announces he's coming out of retirement to save the Lakers. <laughs> you just ruined my day. It's perfect. I think we can actually uh, end now. So that's uh, sorry, Anthony. Uh, I, I thought about this a lot. Yeah, you, you sent me the question. I thought I put some thought into this one. That's true. And then, uh, what is the minimum that you need from this team to deem this a successful season? Honestly, just like no one dies. I think this season doesn't really matter. It's just about 2018 cap space. <laughs> Lakers 2017, yep. no, one, no dies. one dies. Successful season. <laughs> Tip of the cap. Uh, all right, Anthony, your turn. Leading scorer, team record. I'm not going to be able to top any of that stuff. But all right. <laughs> <laughs> this is why scorer. we prepare, Anthony. You always make fun of me. This is why we prepare. <laughs> Leading scorer is going to be Luol Dang. Now, uh, I'd probably go with Brandon Ingram as well. Yeah. Brandon Ingram is, is probably a good bet. Uh, I would say team record, I'd say like 33, 34 wins. It yeah. seems seems fair. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I think they, they are, like if you look at that starting lineup, that's actually not a terrible starting lineup. Like the pieces kind of sort of make sense together. And, uh, you know, the East is so bad that maybe they could feast on them. And then, by the way, I've said this a couple of times on our show, but the Lakers have no incentive to tank. That's so at true. the end of the year, at the end of the year, when like guys, when Devin Booker is sitting out after scoring 70 points the night before, uh, the Lakers won't be doing that stuff. So I think they'll get a few extra wins at the tail end of the year. that who, kind of bu- bump them up. Who has their draft pick next year, guys? Just, oh, man. It's 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 honestly like <laughs> I, I know the answer. So I was fucking I, around, but it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's the Sixers unless it falls two through five and then it's the Celtics. But otherwise, it's, it's the yeah. Sixers. OK, sorry. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> so then uh, best case I just, scenario. I just, it, yeah. It's really too. It'll really be too bad when whoever the, the Sixers draft with yeah. the Lakers draft pick misses their rookie season. I want everyone to know it took us 56 minutes to get to the making fun of the Sixers for an injury, <laughs> uh, which I had the over under at 13 and a half minutes. So we went way over that, Zito. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, thank you for pointing Pointing out that whoever the Sixers get will inevitably get injured and likely before they've ever put on an actual Sixers uniform. So super duper. We'll get to that in a few podcasts from now. Um, <laughs> best case scenario, worst case scenario, and what will you deem this uh, as a successful season? All right. So best case scenario, I think 
if the Lakers go undefeated against the Cavs and the Oklahoma City Thunder and both LeBron and, and, and Lonzo shows out in all of those games and LeBron and George tweet <laughs> after all of those games about how great Lonzo looked, then that's the, automatically the season's a success at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wins and stuff like making the play. I don't care about that. All I care about is that Le- LeBron at some point tweets about Lonzo Ball. <laughs> or, <laughs> or follows him on like Snapchat or something. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like LeBron wears some ZO2s at some point. Then my season is made. Um, oh my God. <laughs> just tweets a Lonzo Ball highlight video with the eyeballs emoji. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like he um, tweets that he's out in LA or something. Oh where, my God. where he lives. Yeah, yeah. I, you don't understand. I would take it and run. Yeah, that's no, true. Yeah. It's true. Blow it oh, up. Absolutely. Um, um, worst and then case. Worst, worst, yeah. worst case scenario, the ZO2s turn out to be like Fila for Grant Hill. <laughs> You know, yes. and 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 like derail his his early career, like that would yeah. be, that would that's about as bad as it could possibly get because the Lakers are so invested. They had Spectrum Sportsnet paint a mural of Lonzo Ball on the side of one of their buildings. Like that's an actual thing that actually happened. Um, yo, I so, think that muralist actually. You know how there's like a, a pretty popular muralist in LA. I believe it's um one of my friend's sons, this guy, Alan Swire's son, he makes all those cool murals. He did the Lonzo one as well. Um, anyhow, Does he sh- know who yeah. did the banner for the Dwight Howard thing so we can attack him? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Also, by the way, so you guys know, Fila claimed another another person uh, in 2017, Marin Silich, the tennis player, who had his feet melt messed up in the USO, I'm sorry, in the, uh, oh, no. in the Wimbledon final. He wears Fila. I know. They still exist and they're still taking, uh, taking names when it comes to people's ankles. Um, minimum, you would deem this a successful season for the Lakers. And that could be even like a X amount of players follow Alonzo on, on Twitter. Yeah, no, I mean, really, all, like I said, all I care about is that Paul George and or LeBron James are are intrigued by what the Lakers put <laughs> together this year. Like, that's that's literally it. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, actual realistic minimum goals, Lonzo Ball is in the Rookie of the Year conversation throughout the year. Um, Brandon Ingram you know, gets a lot of that like, oh, wow, look at the look at the strides that Brandon Ingram made. Like the the individual progression from the key guys is a lot more valuable to the Lakers moving forward than anything they'll be able to yep. do as a team yeah. collectively. All right. Well, this was very strong. Now I have everyone's predictions, lots of them on the record. A lot of these there's no way I'll be able to keep track of unless yeah. I'm just hawking social media, which I tend to do. I hope nobody You just need to make these. an Excel spreadsheet so that you can tweet it out who was right and who was wrong. <laughs> yeah, like if season. I'm wrong, please yeah. don't remind yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. No, this won't be the last time that all three of you are on here. <laughs> if, can, if, if I'm you... wrong and somebody starts reminding me, I'm just muting everybody. <laughs> That way you can never be wrong. <laughs> exactly. And then just it's, claiming that I was right the whole it's time. It's perfect. Uh, I want to end with uh, a percent guess here on LeBron being a Laker next year. If you had to put a percent, 100% he's there, 0%, there's no way. Zito, what is it? Uh, I'm going for 100% because <laughs> I like to, some people prefer delusion to despair. So <laughs> instead of just entertaining the thought that like we're going to go 2018 and just not get anybody, not yeah. get LeBron. He's going to go like Dan Gilbert is going to piss him off and he's going to come to the Lakers. That may happen. That yeah. may, uh, Anthony, what do you think? I'd say 101% because I'm <laughs> yes. going to seize you. <laughs> My God, this optimism. All It's funny. All the podcasts we do with like the team, like the Nets, Lakers, Sixers, Suns, it's always all optimism because that's all you can only go yeah, up. the Nets right. one was real optimistic. <laughs> There's only one way to go. Yeah. It, it, the Nets one was really optimistic, but like, 
don't know, I live in Brooklyn and like people are actually talking about this like smart franchise now. And I'm like, this is the same franchise, which was you, the dumbest. People but now, yeah. like delusion. Yeah. You cannot fix that. Well, it's, it's faith and management, man, which yeah. the Lakers also have now, which I think matters a lot when you know you have a, a captain steering the ship in the right direction. Uh, Harrison, percent chance on LeBron real quick? Like 15. <laughs> that's that's, that's <laughs> Way to bring us down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited for him to, Sorry, pair, to pair up with uh, Ben Simmons next year in Philadelphia. And I think it's going to be exciting to see LeBron play with a young core that we have there. Oh, yeah, um, definitely when they work out preseason. 15th yeah. game? Like, how many are planning on having the young core play next year? Yeah. No, it's just going to be in their off-season workouts again. Yeah, yeah, that's great, guys. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> all right. This was, this was a lot of fun, though. I always appreciate getting uh, getting Anthony and Harrison on this podcast. You guys are a lot of fun to talk to. You have a, a great ship, uh, an operation yourself, I should say. And people should go listen to Locked on Lakers. Check out Silver Screen and Roller SB Nation community. They do a great job there. I really feel like more than just having the pulse of the fan base, they're actually funny. And that's something you don't always get from us, like, analytical basketball people. Zito, you're kind of a funny guy, too. I'm hilarious. Yeah, hilarious, right? And confident, beyond belief. You just threw some major shade. You're like, Harrison Anthony, I love having you guys on. You're funny. You're uh, All right, thanks for coming on, Zito. (laughs) Zito's always on, man. He's he's part of the principal members of the the, uh, Limited Upside group of friends here. It's like Mike Bina and and Zito are, like, always on this thing. But it's it's always good to have them on. And, uh, again, we appreciate everyone listening to these NBA season previews. We're going to have the Phoenix Suns next. Sixers after that. Uh, and then, you know, we'll work our way up from worst to first. So, again, Anthony, Harrison, Zito, thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, anytime. Awesome. All right, cool. thanks for having us. Awesome, guys. This is the Limited Upside Podcast. Mm-hmm.